first on the agenda is the one password interview, isn't it? It's quite a big day today, actually, because the um, this big interview is happening later, later this afternoon. So for the uninitiated, um, I wrote about the the whole one password. Um, I won't say disaster, even though the title of the, the blog post says disaster in it. Um, just commenting on it, really. Uh, I don't really have a, a huge opinion either way, simply because I don't use one password. I've used it many, many years ago, but unlike yourself, Rob, I'm not heavily invested in it. So I was sitting on the fence a little bit, but um, to cut a long story short, the, the blog itself was picked up on Twitter by one of their developers. Uh, we got chatting. He, he took offense to the fact that I recommended an, another Electron app um, unknowingly. <laughs> and um, yeah, got, got chatting. And yeah, to cut a long story short, we are speaking later today with him and another another chap. Um, at the, at well, the it time, wasn't just them that picked it up, was it? You were number two trending story on Medium for I a know, couple of days. Crazy. Well, like, yeah, the, the Medium articles had 92,000 views, I think. Something ridiculous, which is by far the most, um, yeah, kind of red, red story that I've had on there. And it, I suppose, oddly, one of the most... Um, I suppose, poorly researched stories I've ever written as well. Uh, I freely admit that. I, I wrote it very quickly. It was just a very quick soundbite, really. Um, but yeah, it's, kind of, it's attracted a lot of attention. And uh, I've managed to, to bag this interview. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I've got a lot of qu- questions that you've asked and a few other people on Discord have asked. And by the time this podcast goes live, unless something goes hideously wrong and either they don't let me publish the the um, video or, I don't know, something, something dreadful happens, it doesn't happen, um, it should be on the channel by now. Um, so yeah, it would be interesting to see how that went. Uh, but but how are you feeling about One Password now? Because obviously we've it's been a couple of weeks now, hasn't it? But since the since the news, have you um have you simmered? Uh, I have to a degree. So I, I, I'm surprised you didn't get you didn't get as much of an angry mob as I suspected you might. Because <laughs> yes, you you were like, well, so One Password is moving to a subscription only model, and they have replaced the native Mac client with an Electron, you know, one size fits all Hmm. um, desktop application. And yeah, what you suggested as your recommended replacement was a subscription-based Electron password manager. So I I expected the internet to explode, haul you over the coals for that. But they, uh, no, you got away with it. But but, I mean, in, in fairness... It doesn't matter which alternative you uh, you recommend because mm. pretty much everything out there is a subscription-based Electron solution. So, uh, you know, that, I think that's why myself and, and the, the other legions of 1Password fans on the Mac held it in such high regard was because it wasn't like the others mm. and now it kind of is. So, you know, like Bitwarden comes up quite a lot. Lots of people like the Bitwarden, but again, the Mac client's an Electron client. Um, so the, there is only, the, the only one that I found is by like an indie developer and it's called Secrets. It's available on Setup and that is a native Mac app and it's got a, um, you know, iPhone thingy and it's, mm. it's, it's all right. It's, it's not as good as 1Password though. Mm. However, I have... Uh, I'm I'm running all the all the beaters now. I you know I I really try to avoid doing it. I mean, ten years ago I'd be all over it and I'd be submitting tickets, you know, r- reports and and really getting into it. But I don't have time for that anymore. Um, so I try to keep everything. I you know 
because I, I do actually need my devices to do stuff on, <laughs> so I can't really risk it going down. But you know, I I made backups, and I was like, okay, we're we're pretty much we're in. I think we're like sixth release of the, of the betas now, and mm. so they're probably quite good. And they are actually. I've not had any issues except for as we found, as we discovered at the beginning of this call, that uh, for some reason I'm, I'm running Monterey on my Mac and I can't access my webcam. But other than that, it's been brilliant. So um, I've been using the new keychain stuff. Ooh. And it, uh, yeah. What, what do you think? I think, uh, I think the, the reason that Agile Bits have perhaps reduced in priority the uh, the notion of having a you know a, a really lightweight lean um, bespoke almost Mac application is because you don't need it. No, <laughs> Keychain is uh, is is good enough now. I think. Uh, the, I mean, the the only really annoying thing is that it doesn't remember the CVV on your credit cards, hmm. which one password will fill out for you. And that's quite useful. And of course, you can only store passwords in it. But then all the other stuff that I store in one password, I can st- stick in notes. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm going for a completely native Apple solution because I can't find a decent, you know, Swift UI alternative. And that's like, probably because Swift UI isn't good enough yet. And, and they'll come eventually. Hmm. So, there's a guy on Twitter who is, uh, who, who, who's starting one and it looks very promising. There are a few, few folks on there. On Discord, who've, who've tried it out, it's on test flight. You mm. can try it, and it's, it's a very promising start. So yeah, so I'm I'm less angry now. Obviously, I've I'm, it was two weeks ago. I've calmed down now. Uh, I I understand why they've done it. Yeah, and uh, wish them all the best. But it's it's not for me. So yeah, I, I'm going to uh, see if I can live with um, a, a a stock Apple keychain and notes solution rather than. Uh, Wait for one password seven, which is the you know the current release. Wait for that to die because the thing is, there's no hurry really. There's not, everyone's getting upset on the interwebs, but one password seven isn't going away. If you've already bought your standalone license for one password seven and you're enjoying your local vaults, hmm. we'll keep using it. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 yeah, it's, it's true, isn't it? I mean, that, that's going to be one of the questions hopefully I ask. I know this, it's a bit weird because we're talking about something that's happening in the future that by the time this podcast has been published, should have been published. But hopefully I will have asked that question about 1Password 7 and support for that and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think the exciting thing potentially, as you say, other other solutions are going to start to crop up. You know, smaller companies are going to start to make their way into the market, hopefully. And yeah, it's, it's not the end of third-party yeah, password managers that don't run on Electron, hopefully. Um, but Keychain for me, I think, like I've said in the in, in the past, has been has been perfect, really, purely because I only need it for passwords and um, and credit card details. It is a bit of a pain with the CVV number, although I I thought that was there was something to do with the what's called the PCI standard, which um, is all about yeah what you can do, what you can't do with credit card details if you're storing them. Like I didn't think you could store that that three digit number, but whatever, uh, who cares? Um, <laughs> well, you can, you can in, in you can store anything in one password. That's the thing. But yeah, there is a standard field for okay. that uh, for that code, and it, yeah, well, for the the browser extension and whatnot, we'll we'll fill that in for you. So mm. that's so I do miss that. But you know, having said that, I use Apple Pay wherever I can. So yeah. it's only really a problem for those situations where you're trying to buy something online that doesn't support Apple Pay. Yeah. 
That's great. Well, I'm, I'm glad you, you've you've kind of um, you've simmered anyway. You're not quite as, as angry. Let, let's see what one pass would have to say. So if, if that is on my channel by the time this is published and you're listening to this, go and go and have a watch and see what got, those guys have got to say. If I if I well, if I do my Jeremy most, Paxman job properly. <laughs> the, the thing I'm most curious about is though they you know after all of the the outrage, they posted a blog update where they explained the current state of um, developing for multiple platforms, hmm. iOS, iPadOS, macOS included. And they did try to build it in the, in the latest and greatest, you know, Apple framework, which is Swift UI, and found that it wasn't quite ready yet. And that is a sentiment that's echoed by a lot of developers. It's like, it's, it's the future. It's absolutely where everything is headed and it will be fantastic at some point, but not right now. Mm. So they've got a roadmap that they need to follow. They've got investors they need to deliver a return to. And they've got this perfectly workable solution. And I've tried the beta. and It's fine. It works. Um, it uses too much memory. I don't like the way it renders fonts. I don't like the non-native UI elements and, and all of the sort of other things that people are complaining about. But it, it's fine. Most people aren't going to care. And uh, yeah. one password are going to go on to, to multi-billion dollar valuation at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah, I wish them all the best. Not for me. Yeah. Um, although on the on the keychain thing, I I made a shortcut. So within um, iOS, you, there's like a URL schema, so you can within shortcuts access particular things. It's a bit of a faff, like having to fire up your settings app and then go to your passwords and then find the password that you want. So I thought, well, can I shortcutify that? So I made a shortcut that. Uh, sits in the share sheet in safari so that for those situations and it is very rare right but every now and again um you'll come across a form for which you have some saved details that the pop-up doesn't appear to retrieve them because you yep. know normally you'll go to a form and then if you've got a password saved in keychain something will pop up and say hey do you want to fill this out with this password i've got for you you're familiar with this yep yep are you also familiar with every now and again it just doesn't work for some reason? Oh, well, yeah, quite regularly. Yeah. <laughs> so for those situations, I, got, I, I made this shortcut in the uh, uh, that, that lives in the in the share sheet, and um, it will take the URL of the page that you're currently on. It will extract the domain name and the and, and the top level nice. domain. So if it's got yep. a subdomain, it'll, it'll take that out. So you know it'll have. Uh, if you were on mail.google.co.uk, it would strip out the mail bit and just give you google.co.uk. So it takes the, the domain name and then it automatically takes you to the passwords page in the settings app and it fills in the domain so that it searches for and just filters for that, the password that you're looking for. Mm. So if you've got multiple passwords stored for a domain, it'll show you the search results. If you've only got a single instance, then it will take you directly to that password. And I was really pleased with that, and I posted, <laughs> posted it on the Discord. And then I discovered while I was trying to, while I was trying to um, invoke the shortcut using Siri, I discovered that Siri can do that built in. You can just ask Siri, <laughs> "Hey, what's my password?" Oh, I shouldn't say that, should I? Hey, hey, voice assistant, we'll beep it out. Uh, <laughs> what's my password for Microsoft? And uh, she'll take you straight there. And that, that this has been around for ages. This isn't an iOS 15 thing. You could try it on your iOS 14. Apple so, got there yeah, before so I went you. To all this effort making a shortcut, complete waste of time. <laughs> so Apple, Apple got there before you, basically. Yeah. yeah. Pesky Apple. But it was still, it was still a fun experiment. Anyway. Oh. 
<laughs> something to tell the grandkids, isn't it? Um, but yeah, so all the best to one password, basically. Let, let's see what happens next. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this interview, though. I, I am. It'll, it'll be good. Let's hope um, it actually happens. Um, I, I, it's nice. It's nice that they're doing this kind it of is. thing. It does show that they care. It has kind of... Uh, it, it, I'm warming to them a little more, the fact that they are going out and they're talking to... Yeah, and, and just a little like bit yourself. behind the scenes, I, I'm surprised how easy it's been to, to get them on board with it, really, because I'm not a huge channel at all. You know, it's I'm not a um, I'm not a Jason Snell or anyone like that. You know, and they yeah, they were very quick to get back to me. Um, up to this point, there hasn't really been any demands in terms of the way the interview should go or wanting to see questions beforehand. They're very open actually. They, they just want to have a chat, and they know it's going onto a YouTube channel. They know it will probably go onto the blog as well. Um, yeah, that I've been I've been super impressed with them in terms of the way they've they've gone about this. That they clearly want to say something, and uh, yeah, we'll leave it there so people can go and check it out. But um, I'm I'm really looking forward to that that chat. Um, moving on to phones, that's our next little topic to chat about because I, I recently um, I've not said much about the iPhone really, uh, but there's two reasons for that. One of them is because that market is just saturated if you're making uh, youtube videos and if you i think my my um iphone 12 pro review has had about 800 views or something um it's just yeah it's not a it's not a kind of review game that i really want to get into with phones but um the other reason is that i'm just it just i find it pretty boring i don't know what to say about the iphone anymore i think it's a fantastic device it's the best iphone i've ever had but it's just it's just boring i can't think much to talk about really um and Every year, for the last two or three years, I've lusted after the regular iPhone, mainly because of the colours that are on, on offer. I think you pointed out that uh, last year's colours for the 12 weren't that inspiring, really, but they were, they were still a little bit more interesting. Um, so it's very much an, an aesthetic thing. But yeah, I've decided that this year I'm not going to get the Pro. I'm going to go for the, the regular iPhone 13, if that's what it's called. And uh, yeah, that, that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I probably won't go for the Mini. I think I'll go for the regular one, um, if the Mini is still a thing. But um, yeah, I, I'm just, like I say, the Pro, there's nothing I can think of that they're going to do to it that's going to make me make me go for it, really. Are, are you going to get a new phone this year, Rob? Are you, are you sticking with what you've got? Well, so the, I... I wasn't even going to get the 12. So I've got a 12 Pro that I got refurbished because I saw a ridiculous deal. Mm. Um, so I got it for, it was like 300 quid up front, refurbished for uh, a plus contract. But the contract was what I was paying anyway. So I was out of contract. I was in a position where I could take out another one if I wanted to. Um, and so the total cost for this refurbished iPad Pro is something in the region of like 650 quid, right? So I, I was going to, I was going to be spending out 15, 20 quid a month anyway. And so I was like, right, I'll, let's see if, let's see if it happens. And, and I don't know if you recall, there was a bunch of like, they took my money and then they were like, oh, we've run out. Yeah. I remember. I like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> I thought it was too good to be true, but to be fair, a couple of weeks later it turned up and it was flawless. Um, it had only been, you know, you can look in the, the settings, you can see when it was, or you can you can check the uh, serial number against the Apple Care and, and see how much warranty was remaining. Basically, it was two weeks old, so I'm pretty certain that it was just a buyer's remorse return. They, they couldn't possibly have, in since the time that it was activated and the time that it was returned and the time that it made it to me, it couldn't possibly have had anything wrong with it to have been repaired because there wasn't enough time. So it still had... 
the full year, you know, original Apple warranty, less two weeks. I could still buy Apple Care Plus for it. Um, and so the idea was to use that as a stopgap until the next one just came out. And I, as I said, I wasn't even looking to upgrade. It's only because I stumbled across this and I was like, okay, we'll have a punt on that. Because I, I have my 8 Plus and that's still going strong. The, the battery life is not as good as it was when it was new. But the, in terms of like day-to-day use, I can't tell the difference. Mm. And uh, the screen is better on the 12, but not so much better that it's worth upgrading from a, from an eight i don't know if you've got a seven or earlier i think it's probably worth upgrading because they're getting they're starting to get a bit slow aren't they but um yeah i wasn't going to bother and then i got it and i thought well i'll because i paid s- such a small amount of money for it and if i go and trade it in i'd probably get you know 400 quid for it so i it, it would effectively have cost me nothing to own for a year hmm. but like yourself i'm like well I wasn't that amazed by the 12 over my 8 plus. Yeah, the yeah, the cameras are better and the screen is better and I appreciate the slightly longer battery life and I'm really enjoying MagSafe. I'm just I'm all in on MagSafe now. I've got the battery pack as we discussed last week and I've got a, a, a MagSafe chargers dotted all over the house. I I am cable free pretty much for for iPhone now and I really I do appreciate that. I like that a lot. But when it comes to the 13, what are they going to do? that's going to make me want to get one i'm i'm not sure really uh, uh everyone's talking about well the, the the notch might be a bit smaller might have uh the fancy high refresh rate i forget what it's called what's the term uh, i know pro- it's on the ipad yeah. pro isn't it it's called promotion isn't it the 120 hertz, that's yeah. The one. yeah so it's, it might have promotion uh what else is going i can't I don't care, basically. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably stick. I don't think I'm going to bother. Yeah. Same situation, like with the with the with the Max. I got the M1 Mac Mini as a stopgap, and it's so good. I've 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 absolutely no motivation to replace it with whatever comes next. And I'll you know I'll sit out to the next generation and wait for, for for you know sit on it for a couple of years. And yeah, the situation with this iPhone is um, I'm I'm quite happy with with what I've got, and I don't think. I mean, I say that now. Again, we'll, 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 we'll look back on this. Of course, in, we will, and laugh in October. Mm. And uh, yeah, you can pick me up when I've when I've when I've bought new everything. But yeah, at, at, at this stage, I can't see what they can offer me that's going to compel me to upgrade. Yeah, I think if I wasn't running the channel, I don't think I'd get a phone this year. I think I'd stick with the, with the 12 Pro. There's just no reason to upgrade. Um, I'd only really get the 13 because I, I think I need to have one just to to experience it and, and talk a bit about it. But um, yeah, it's the it's the least interesting product that Apple provide uh, offers these days, and it's a weird thing because it's still their biggest selling device. It's what brings in most of their revenue. I know that's changing rapidly, but um, you know, shared loads of people are still buying iPhones every year. So none, none of this stuff that we think matters because it just works for Apple. So they don't need to create a folding iPhone or yet anyway, them if they ever do that. Um, they haven't got to do any of that stuff simply because they're, they're selling them by the bucket load. And it's a yeah, they're, they're a very profitable device for them. So from a business perspective, I completely understand why they stick with this kind of, you know, straight-laced, super powerful device that just does the job. Um, but yeah, I can't get excited about it. I, I know we, um, I was mentioned folding phones and I, I just noticed in our um, show outline, we've got folding phones. Why? <laughs> um, I, I'm on the fence about folding phones. I think what the reason I mentioned that in the, the article I wrote about the, the iPhone 13 was that 
I just it's just interesting. I quite like watching people get these folding phones and talking about them and you know showing us the crease that's there and the crease that's getting gradually less with each iteration that Samsung brings out and it's just interesting. And again, I know Apple will never do this, but I'd love it an alternative universe where they give us the regular iPhone, the iPhone 13, the 13 Pro, but then they do something really crazy with another version of it which might be a folding screen or something or an integrated you know, mini Apple Pencil or something like that. Um, they'll never do this ever because it's Apple. But um, yeah, I just look at other other brands sometimes and it's just a bit of a, yeah, it's like looking over the fence and you kind of, your neighbor's chimney that's be- bigger and better than yours. And that's an odd comparison, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that has happened to me, as you can probably tell. Um, yeah, uh, the, uh, the age old... Uh chimneya envy oh, it's problem that we all face I had that for years um but yeah it, it's just a strange one isn't it what's your thoughts on folding phones and things like the the galaxy fold yeah, well, it was me that put that in the in the notes the folding phones but well, i don't get it i don't understand i mean i got over folding phones i mean it was cool 15 years ago when i had a motorola razor well, for a week because it was a terrible phone, but the, like the, the the whole the whole flippiness that was that was fun for a while. I don't understand it. I don't. I don't. I like watching. I like seeing it, and it's like you say, it's interesting and it's fun. I I, I don't think I want one though. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, a part of me does, but I don't know why. And they, they must be making them for a reason. You know, they, they're getting so much coverage, aren't they? And that they've made, particularly Samsung, they've made two or three iterations of the of the fold. I think um, it must be selling to it. Although it's so, it's really expensive, isn't it? They've got two, haven't they? They've got the the um, is it the Z Z Flip and the Galaxy Fold or something. Oh, they're less expensive. They were they were ludicrously expensive to begin with because it was you know new and they weren't going to sell many. But now mm. they're gaining popularity. I think you can get a, a Samsung foldy phone for under a grand, okay. which you know is a more sensible proposition. I think it's not but, bad, is it? I mean, I, it's the I think I haven't played with one in real life, but I think the plastic screen would grim me out because I've, I've kind of become accustomed to that little rigid cold glass um t- touch sensation and i don't know how i'd get on with the slightly stickier plastic that they must use or are they glass have they got have they made some magic folding glass it's got no s- no because you get the crease don't yeah you? it's got to be plastic it's got some kind of so, coating hasn't it some sort of coating on the on the on the surface i think what that makes it feel more like glass possibly i don't really know I don't Maybe I'll have to get so, one in. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, the, I preferred Microsoft's approach with the Surface Duo, where you've got two screens, two distinct screens that you can multitask on. I thought that was a a fun concept. I don't think anyone bought one, did they? Because it was too expensive <laughs> and it was Microsoft. And yeah. I don't know if they'll make another one because they have a habit of doing that, don't they? They do. Something that is cheap at the minute, I think, which you spotted is the... Um, the Pixel 4a on Amazon. Is it 279 I think you found it for? Yeah. Yeah, I stumbled across that the other day for 279 quid. And it will get Android 12. Hmm. If you have been keeping an eye on Android and you like what's being said about, or you know, you like the look of Android 12, which really did look fantastic when they showed it off at I.O. And the, the more recent sort of wearables conversations that have been cropping up now that Google and Samsung are teaming up 
with a you know a Wear OS slash Tizen mashup, so that uh, between the two of them, they should be able to cobble together something that is as good as hmm. Watch OS, because it hasn't been to date. And even the most hardened Android fan would, would be happy to admit that Wear OS it it, they, it wasn't up to scratch. It probably is going to be now. So if you were thinking of dipping your toe in 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 Android land, two hundred and seventy nine quid for a Pixel Four A. It's a pretty good place to start, I think. I, I totally agree. As you know, I've got one, and I, I love that phone. I've, I've used it kind of on and off, and you know, I spent a month with it a little while ago, and it's I love it. It's such a such good value. Brilliant camera as well, which is it's a bit like Marmite that camera. I think it, because it does so much to the image, um, it won't be to everyone's taste. But I, I really like I really like those photos that it takes. Um, but just the device, it's great. I, I did put the um, the beta version of twelve. Android 12 on there. I've not used it really since, but yeah, perhaps I'll have to dig it out and have a, have a bit of a play. Um, but the other news is that the Pixel, I, I didn't realise this, but the Pixel 5a isn't going to be in the UK, is it, apparently? Apparently not, no. So I was waiting for that. I was, mm. I, was I think, uh, in an earlier show, when I, I probably, probably the one where we talked about Google I.O., I was like, if they bring out a Pixel 5a, I think I was that impressed by Android 12 that I would get one. Yeah. And uh, we're not going to get it. So, do we know yeah. why? Uh, no, I've got no idea. I haven't, no. I haven't been, haven't paid attention really. I just, as soon as I heard that it wasn't going to be available, I was like, oh, well, that's that then. Yeah, strange. So, yeah, I might no. have to get a four A. I definitely recommend it. Absolutely. Um, talking of phones, uh, the next thing on the list is transport as a service which i've done no research on rob whatsoever as we were just discussing before recording um <laughs> i don't think you've done no, much no, either no, 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 <laughs> I. Um, so it was, I just read an interesting article about it and i thought it'd be worth bringing up just because i knew that when we were had this conversation about phones we were going to be grumpy old men about it and oh, we're mm. bored yep. don't understand folding phones yet you know etc so I, I just thought it might be an interesting topic to to follow the thing because of the impact that phones have had on our lives it was sort of a major shift in the way we live our lives mm. and i read this article about this notion of transport as a service which i think will be the next big shift so if you think back 20 years we were we were still ordering shiny discs from netflix in the post and then the internet got up to a uh, a standard where you could stream video and so Netflix switched to a streaming model and everyone laughed at them and now you can't move for streaming services you've got Disney Plus Apple TV Plus Amazon Prime Hulu the list goes on so you know that that really took off after an initial skepticism hmm. i think i don't do did you ever do you, did you ever get involved with the old school Netflix discs in the post? I did. It wasn't Netflix yeah. that I used. I used another one. I'm trying to think who it was. Um oh, it's gone. I can't remember. There was another service um like a Netflix rival. People who are listening to this will know. Um obviously UK based. And it was the same thing. You basically paid a monthly thing, I think, and you got four or five uh, DVDs each each month, whatever it was. But um, yeah, I, I used to love that. I wish I could think yeah. of the name of the company. I might have to Google it. Um, but I mean, it seems laughably old-fashioned now, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, and then then phones came along. Well, I, or more specifically, the iPhone came along and changed everything. And again, everyone laughed at that. Steve Ballmer famously 
laughed at it, said no one's going to buy that, and uh, look how that turned out. So, I mean, the thing about the smartphone is it came, it was sort of a convergence of, of multiple component parts, so that they brought together in one neat package, having the internet in your phone, having a music player, having a, a communication device. Um, so it wasn't like you know, any one thing that that caused it to to have the impact that he did. It's just that it brought multiple things that were all coming to maturity at around the same time into a really attractive, convenient package. And so looking forward, there's this, this notion of transport as a service, which is this idea that, you know, now that we've got this sort of super fast, low latency Commun- you know, global communications capability and AI is coming on in leaps and bounds. There have been, you know, tens of millions of automated driving miles with, you know, companies doing tests on haulage and freight and, you know, obviously consumer services. You've got your Waymo's and Lyft and, they, you know, they, all these guys have been pumping billions of dollars into um, self-driving taxis. And there have been a few horror stories, you know, with electric vehicles catching on fire and accidents, and you know, that's, that's going to happen. But they, they will get to a point where, from your phone, you can hail an automated taxi to wherever it is that you want to go. And as that gains adoption, the, the interesting thing about this is the effect that, that will have on a bunch of other businesses essentially you won't need to own a car mm-hmm. you just you, you, you won't need to own a car you won't need a garage so you know mechanics are going to have a real rough time because electric vehicles have got very little in the way of maintenance i mean i know you're you're a fellow petrol head you will be uh you know so i i, I love a, a naturally aspirated large volume combustion engine as much as the next yard but the fact is it's all heading electric and it's happening way faster than i think any of us really appreciate it really is so, yeah so yeah so that's that is really just what i wanted to bring up because i'm you know because we're bored of phones but this this is quite interesting this will be the next big um sort of paradigm shift um in the way we we live our lives i think or certainly with the the small amount of research that I've done on it but I, I it just you know cropped up in a in a feed and I, I read it and it took me on a bit of a rabbit hole and mm. I was like well this makes total sense um and you think about the effects that'll have on um on tax mm. you think how much revenue governments bring in from traffic violations speeding tickets um you know, how much money is generated from parking you won't need you won't be shelling out for extortionate parking anymore because you won't be parking anywhere. Yeah. Um, and and the the health benefits, really one of the biggest killers every year is, is road accidents, and that's entirely down to human error. If you remove that human error, mm-hmm. or you know people dr- you know drink driving or whatever, um, fewer people are going to die as a result of it so yeah it's uh, it's a really fascinating subject and um i'd encourage people to go and, and look into it a bit more because i think the world it's going to happen sooner than we think yeah you, you know you you're, you we, we you hear that and you think oh it might happen in 10 years it's happening now there are companies doing trials in various cities in the states hmm. um and yeah it will 
it will grow rapidly, I think. So yeah, is this crossed your radar at all it, it hasn't but i think partly because i mean you, you kind of alluded to it um i'm a petrol head just like you and i've got a stupid car that drinks petrol and um i love driving and i know it is inevitable we're going down this route it's going to happen uh, partly because there's just uh, i suppose looking at the, the the early stages of it there i reckon every every third car in our street is is an electric car now um and Leamington itself it seems to be like the home of the Tesla driver. There's about a million Teslas in in uh, Leamington, and it's yeah, it, uh, it's clearly going that way, you know. And for someone like me, someone like you, you know, it, it's I'm kind of accepting it, but reluctantly. Um, I know petrol engines aren't going to go anywhere. It doesn't mean that all the petrol cars on the planet are going to suddenly vanish, um, and they're going. I think they're going to become very sort of highly prized collector's items. But yeah, we are going to get to this stage of, as you say, this kind of transport as a service thing, which I am going to look into because I, th- I think what, what interests me more is what you said about how it impacts everything else. Um, there's some very wide-reaching kind of implications of that, aren't there? Um, and who I knows? Think will, I think it will touch every aspect of our lives because, yeah, yeah we'll, the I think globally people will shift from car ownership to you know, just hailing a ride ad, ad hoc and being able to cover much greater distances. And, you know, the, the reason that this will become, you know, viable is because of the advances. Again, it's this sort of coming together of various various technologies all maturing at the same time. So, you know, Tesla have been leading the charge with the electric vehicle. And as you say, you know, it, you, can't, you can't go outside without seeing a Tesla now, pretty much. And... Um, the, the batteries are getting to a level where it actually becomes viable from a business perspective to, you know, in terms of how much it costs to to fuel them, so to speak, and the the range that you get. So yeah, they're, they're, within ten years, I think it will become commonplace that that there'll be people that have just never owned a car, never never intend to own a car because they don't they don't need to because you can just with an app on your phone mm. hail a ride it'll just turn up completely automated you know no human interaction and it'll uh, it'll take you where you need to go for for less money but that's the other thing about EVs is that they are they're getting down to sort of prices that people can afford yeah you can get a Nissan Leaf or a or you know equivalent for about what it would cost you to get a, a you know a mid-size petrol car mm. but when when but it costs a fraction to run because you don't have to change the oil and the spark plugs and all you really need to do is rotate the tires um and to yeah to actually fill it up with electricity it costs a fraction of of what it would cost you to fill with petrol or diesel so yeah the, the, it will it will hit all sorts of areas. Like I said, I mentioned the the, the tax implications because that's a huge money spinner. You know, speeding tickets and other driving violations. It'll affect anyone working in the in the garage space. I feel mm. sorry for mechanics. I mean, they'll, they'll still have stuff to do. I mean, they will still need windscreen wipers, replacing tyres. But it's not going to be on quite the same level no. as it used to be because there's very little in the way of sort of moving parts, wear and tear. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, and then there's the health aspect. We've got fewer people. You remove that human error hmm. aspect from transport. Yeah. Um, 
that's, it's going to be crazy, I think. It's compelling, isn't it? I, I, I must admit, I do. I love Uber. I don't know if you get Uber in, in your neck of the woods, but we have it here. Oh, yeah. And oh, and Uber Eats, which is uh, uh, just a, a, an appalling service. Not <laughs> not because it's, there's anything wrong with it. It's it's too good. It's too convenient. It's too good, too I mean, easy. You, you yeah. slapped me on the wrist the other day because I got Starbucks delivered, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's, but we can, do, we, we can literally get anything delivered here. The same thing as it. We can yeah. get a coffee. You can get a dessert. We've had desserts uh, delivered to the door, which is the weirdest thing ever. Don't recommend that, actually. But, um, but yeah, it's... It, it's just convenience. And I suppose the idea of hailing a car and getting in it yourself and it's not far it's not far from what we have already with, with Uber, but it's yeah, it's going much further than that, isn't it? I don't know. I mean it's some it's a it's a future that's on the way and like you say, it's gonna creep up quicker than we, we think really. It's driven by the phone, like you say, which does make phones slightly more interesting. But um I just wanna keep my car for a bit longer, really, Rob. I don't I don't wanna to have to give that up for a long time. Yeah, no, same, same. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, we are going to get dragged kicking and screaming, kicking and screaming into the into the new the new way of, of getting around. Yeah, um, and yeah, from from the the poking about that I did there, so I went on a bit of a rabbit hole. It's it's here. It's going to happen gonna way happen. sooner than any of us suspect. So yeah, it's worth doing a bit of homework. I'm going go and check that out. I'll Interesting. Interesting stuff coming up. Definitely. Uh, moving on to our next thing on the list, audio. Um, so next to me, I've got this uh, £3,000 DAC slash headphone amp from iFi, which is there. Let's remind me what it's called. It's the IDSD Pro. Um, I was surprised they sent me this, actually. It's, it's a review unit. Uh, I do have to give it back at some stage, but it's... Um, I got it because I wanted to... I'm, I am, as you as I've mentioned, I think, in, in the past um, episode... I'm doing some more testing with lossless music and different headphone and amp combinations and stuff. Uh, and I just wanted to get a high-end headphone amp to to compare everything everything against, really, because the other stuff I've got is relatively low low end. You know, you, you're talking a 150 quid um, headphone and uh, amp and DAC combination, so they're not particularly expensive. Whereas this thing is is three grand, and um, it looks like it's three grand. It's very heavy. It's got valves in it. It's got more knobs than I've had before. It's got lots of little switches and things. Um, I don't know what any of them do. I've not had much time to really dig into it. I'm, I'm planning on doing that over the next couple of weeks. Um, but first impressions, I've done a little bit of A-B testing. And that's between the iFi Zendac, and that is the kind of 150 quid-ish um, unit they do which is a fantastic little um amp and dac so i've kind of a would that versus this three grand idsd and there's not a huge difference to be honest rob partly because i'm not an audiophile so and, all, and also in fairness I, i'm not giving it enough of an analytical listen i do this has been me kind of in between job in, in between tasks sitting there for 10 minutes doing a bit of an a b test so i'm not in fairness to it i'm not giving it a, the full the full test it deserves yet uh, and like i say i don't have that analytical ear that a lot of people do um to, to you know uh, kind of super audio files have um but it doesn't sound massively different what's uh, the most expensive pair of headphones you've tried on it though well that's another another point and i think you pointed this out that i don't have particularly expensive headphones so the most expensive are probably the uh, sennheiser um hd560s which are only, again, £170. They're not an expensive pair of headphones. So it would make sense to get in a pair of um, really expensive headphones to try that with. Yeah, so I think you'll probably find that the differences you'd be, would be more apparent if you if you put 
some, I mean, Sennheisers are fairly expensive in normal terms, but they're not in audiophile terms. So, no. you know, you've, it'd be like putting Nagasaki ditch finders on your BMW. <laughs> You're just not going to get the benefit. No, you're probably probably right. I'd like to hear some difference, though. Um, I think there is a... It's, it's, again, it's very hard to explain or kind of illustrate what, what the difference is. Uh, it's not. It's definitely not two and a half grand's worth of difference. But um, And the other thing is with this with this kind of IDSD thing, it, it's got so many different settings, so many different types of um, output and the, what you can turn the valves on, you can turn them off, and lots of different things, which are clearly are, are geared towards, like you say, more expensive, making the most of more expensive headphones that need driving more and... And what have you but um as a piece of kit it's it's really nice um it's i, I mean I, i'm always impressed by stupid stuff so things like it, it will um it's got an it's got a kind of automated uh, motorized volume knob so when you turn it on it returns itself to the previous uh listening uh, sorry listening volume and it just turns yeah, I'm, itself. I'm, I'm all about that i, I love, love that. it it's brilliant uh, to the point <laughs> where it comes with a remote control which i've got no need to use because the thing is right in front of me i can just reach out and, and twist the knob but i don't i use the knob i use the um remote control because it makes the the knob turn itself um it lights up where you know where the valve is there's like a little light in there it's it's got lots of fancy names and things you know it can do like dac plus and i get kind of wowed by that stuff even though it probably makes no difference whatsoever to the listening experience as far as i'm concerned um so yeah, as a bit of a just a kind of you know all out spend a lot of money on something, it's um, it's an impressive bit of kit. From that perspective, I'm curious to know whether you prefer it in solid state mode or in valve mode. And the reason I ask is because I know you're into your vinyl. So I'm, I would my prediction would be that you would prefer the valve sound, which is you know in by any objective measurement is going to introduce noise and yep. you know make make it sound worse in inverted commas but people really like the way it sounds myself included and you know yeah. it, does that make sense it's kind of yep. i know i know that it is it is taking me away from the the purity of the signal by introducing mm. a flavor to it and a noise I don't care because I really like the way it sounds. And I, there are lots of people that really enjoy the way valves sound. And the reason I think that you would enjoy it is because you enjoy the warmer vinyl tone anyway. So, yeah, that was my question really is do you prefer it in solid state mode or do you prefer it in valve mode? Well, I've just checked and it is switched to the to the valve mode. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, it, it does I, look... I, if, I, if I had to guess, I would have said that you'd prefer the valve yeah, sound. I've obviously stuck with that for a reason, haven't I? But uh, yeah, you're, I'm the same as you. I, I love vinyl. I, I love that sound. So maybe that's what it is. But I, I do need to spend more time with it. I need to see if I can get a really expensive pair of, he of headphones um, to kind of team up with it and uh, take it from there. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, sticking with the audio stuff, I, you've noted here that I didn't know this, but Netflix are introducing uh, spatial audio support, apparently. Is, is that correct? I believe so. I don't know whether it's rolled out yet or if they're in the process of rolling it out or if it only applies to certain shows. I, I, mean, I haven't looked into it too much, but mm. it, yeah, it was, it's on my radar. And the, the reason it was interesting to me is because I wasn't sure if they'd do it. I didn't. I wasn't convinced that they would uh, that they'd get on board with that, but they have, and it's brilliant because yeah, mm. I'm, I'm really for for video content. I really like spatial audio. As yeah. we, we've discussed yep. to death how I don't like it for music, but for 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 shows and movies, it's fantastic. 
yeah, I agree. It's, it's, that's what it's made for in my mind. I, it's, it's ridiculous for music personally. But um, yeah, I, so does does this mean that Apple are licensing space? Do they need to do that? Or, or, or are Netflix just taking advantage of, of it being present on Apple devices? I don't know the answer to that. I, I mean, I imagine it is just a matter of ticking a box somewhere and compiling it so that it can use that spatial audio API. I don't think they would have had to do very much in order to make it. I don't know. That I'm probably really upset. <laughs> Netflix and it was probably a massive <laughs> undertaking. I don't know. But, uh, all, all, what I do know is that I'm pleased about it, and uh, yeah, uh, I will look forward to enjoying that Definitely. as and when it arrives. Absolutely, uh, Rob. We've got a, a bunch of miscellaneous things to chat about here because there's still no news really in terms of Apple or, or tech in general. I think <laughs> it's it's the we're getting there. You know, we're getting towards September now, so there's going to be some interesting stuff to talk about. But I'm going to I'm going to pick out some random things from this list here to kind of wrap up the show with. Um, the one that sticks out for me um, is Ted Lasso. I, I do want to quickly have a chat about Ted Lasso because for, it's one of my favourite ever shows I think I've seen in the last few years um, it's incredibly um, cheesy is probably the wrong word but it's it's this weird mix of a, a, a program that I, I think is American produced but it's also obviously set in the UK and you have this weird thing and I think they, they play on it definitely where there's an awful lot of Americanisms that come into um, into the show not from Ted himself but quite often from from British people in the show you know they'll they'll call They'll refer to like you know the halftime um, in a football match as the break or you know all sorts of things um, or practice rather than training all this kind of stuff and it's it's, it's little things like that like I, there's you know it's, I've quite an affection for it and it's also got I think the best one of the best characters one of the best comedic characters in um, what's, God, what's his name <laughs> I forgot his name. No, no. They're all they're all good. Though. They're I all mean, good. I I, I I I like Higgins personally. Higgins is the guy with the glasses, isn't he? Yeah. In fact, I, I would like to have Higgins as my voice assistant. I I, I would like them to uh, to have him do a Siri voice pack and have Higgins have his face pop up instead of that swirly circle. Just go, hey Higgins, get him to do stuff. Because <laughs> you didn't you binge watch the first series? So I, I I I missed out on the whole Ted Lasso movement. I saw the trailer, and I thought, "Well, that looks crap," and I ignored it until you, yourself and well, basically everyone on the Discord was like, "Oh, you've got to watch Ted Lasso. It's brilliant." And then yeah, so we binge watched the th- the first season in the week leading up to the second season, and now we're hooked. Yeah. Well, Roy Roy Kent is the person I couldn't remember his name. I couldn't, I oh, remember, but, you're, um, you're, yeah, yeah, he's also brilliant. He's he's great, isn't he? It's just it's got it's got a lot of um, what they call pathos. You know, that it's, it's it's very funny, but there's definitely this underlying kind of um, dramatic element about it. Yeah, it's, it's quite quite sad in places, and it's just great. I think it's one. Of, it's a very well produced show. Um, I'm really enjoying Apple TV Plus in general. To be honest, there's a lot of things on there that we're we're slowly starting to watch, and I know the morning show is coming back. Uh, really enjoyed the first series of that. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, do I need to watch that as well? No, I, I didn't bother with that either. It's good. It's one of those things where you've got to you've got to stick with it. So it starts off a little bit a little bit irritating actually. Some of the, the characters are a little bit. They take a bit to a bit of time to get warm to, but um, it, it gets better and better basically. It gets really good. 
And there's lots of good stuff on the way. I, th- I wasn't sure about Apple TV+. Plus. I didn't know if it was going to be one of these things that Apple got bored of, you know, invested a, a load of money into, and then you know, if, if the um, subscriptions weren't coming through, perhaps just started to tail off and, and leave. But they're, they're clearly piling a lot of money into this, getting some really good talent on board. Uh, right, next from the list I'm going to pick out, completely unrelated, is your shiny new metal debit card. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... Ever since I saw the Apple card, I was like, I, I, need a, I need a metal debit card. And I don't know how long Apple card's been out. Been several years now, and we still don't have it here. So, yeah, so the, the bank I use is Monzo. And they're like a, a new, they're not that new, they've been around for five, six years, but which is, in, in bank terms, is... Is a blip, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're one of these new fintech, you know, uh, smartphone first banking setups. So they're all cool and trendy, and um, yeah, their 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 banking app, the actual experience is. It feels like it was built from the ground up for smartphone. It just it all makes sense. It's got all kinds of really u- genuinely useful features for you know tracking your spending and. Um, a lot of the other banks have caught up with a number of things. So, what 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 attracted to me them to them in the first place was the ability to do things like um, switch your you know freeze your card. So, if you misplaced it, you have a bit of a panic. You can just go into your app and just freeze it, so that people mm. can't go off and start making contactless payments if they are dishonest and they happen to find your card. So, you know, until it turns up again, until a replacement turns up, you can just freeze it. You know, rather than what you would usually do, which is phone up your bank and have them cancel it completely, and then you really haven't got, you know, if it turns up in the meantime, well, then you're you're screwed, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. So, I, it, it, if you just imagine taking all aspects of your normal banking and putting it into a really polished iPhone app, that's what you get with Monzo, and they're not the only ones. There are like Revolut and Starling, and there, there are a whole bunch of other things. But it's just a really fascinating space that these. Um, sort of you know, upstarts have come in and uh, just shaking things up a bit by yeah. by not having to adhere to the legacy banking platforms. Hmm. They have built their own infrastructure on modern technologies and it, it shows because the whole thing is just less clunky than we're used to with traditional bricks and mortar uh, banks. But <clears throat> one of the things that they offer is a, is, a, is a shiny metal card <laughs> and I resisted getting it for ages but then I was just like, well, I've, I've run out of patience. The, 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 the stupid thing is, is that I almost never use my card now. I pay for everything almost exclusively using Apple Pay on my watch. But every now and again, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll come across a situation where either it's not supported or the transaction is too high. Or, although, actually, what is the limit on Apple Pay? If there is one, I haven't found it yet. Yeah, I think it's it's higher than the regular limit for contactless I, I think it's about 40 40 quid i think um although i think i've been to certain places where they've, they've suggested that you, there's no limit you can actually yeah it, I, use it maybe, maybe it's set on a retailer by retailer basis or something yeah. yeah if there is a limit i've not found it yeah i think the most expensive thing i bought using apple pay is about 800 quid oh wow okay what with a <laughs> really what with just a with a tap of your watch yeah. wow yeah well that, that proves it in that case doesn't it um yeah but anyway i wanted one so i got it you've got it and it's lovely 
I and might look into well, it. The trouble is, is now obviously I need to get I need to get a MagSafe wallet to keep it in, don't I? You do, yeah. So I've been using mine now for probably two or three weeks, I think, and it's I really like it actually. It's I know it's not cheap because it's Apple, but it's um, it's so well made, and you can just about get three cards into it. So I've got three cards in there now. I'll be honest, the only reason I use mine, because like you, I use Apple Pay for pretty much everything, really. Um, the only reason I use mine is because I've put my gym card in it, and I'm always losing my gym card. So now my gym card is attached to my phone pretty much permanently, and it's just very useful for that. And also, uh, talking about you know, silly little things. How does your gym card work? Is, that, has it got a chip in it? Or oh, is no. it just a barcode, a QR code? Just a barcode. But my gym is is that kind of um, behind with the times. You, you just show your card to the person behind the um, the counter, and they, they read the number and put it into the computer. So it's um, there's nothing high-tech about it whatsoever. But it's um, it's just well, it's could, a convenience They don't thing. manually key the number in, though. Is it a QR code? No, they do oh, manually okay. key, they key the number in, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome <laughs> well, to Leamington. What I was going to say is that surely you could put that in your in your wallet app. No. Using something like Stowcard or various not. other solutions that let you do that. Because, yeah, I've got all, all of my loyalty cards, membership cards, they're all virtual, you know, in the in the wallet app. Yeah. Now, this is just a, a, just a very simple card. But, but no, the, the, the actual wallet, the, the MagSafe wallet's great. It's very, it doesn't, it never comes off. It's, um... Yeah, it, it's. I know we we spoke about this with the the MagSafe battery, didn't we? In, in, in problems with aligning it and all that sort of stuff. It still has that slight issue, but um, in terms of how safe it feels on the back of your phone, even when taking it out of your pocket and putting it back into your pocket, I've never knocked it off. It feels very sturdy. It looks quite even nice. When you're wearing your skinny drainpipe jeans. Even with my skinny drainpipe jeans, <laughs> Rob. Yeah, which would never get around my legs. Trust me. But um, it's it's great. Yeah, I, I recommend it. I've, and I've got the third party one. I've got that um, pretty hideous um, carbon fiber thing. That uh, it, again, that the magnet on that isn't quite as quite as strong. But um, you can get third party ones. But I, I think the Apple one. It's just it's a very nice piece of leather. You know, it's um, I think it will wear quite nicely as well. So um, the next thing I, I'm definitely going to pick out because I'm absolutely fascinated is where you've said uh, why is Rob banned from Scrabble uh, family events? So. Why are why how have you been banned from Scrabble? Do we need to ask? Should I? Will this make the podcast a um, parental advisory uh, podcast? We'll have to take that. <laughs> no, well, that, that I I understand why you would suspect it's because I you know I can't be trusted and I play horrendous words. It's not the case. No, it, it's simply that no one likes playing word games with me. It's not just Scrabble. It's not Boggle, uh, Upwords. There are various. We're big into board games at family events in my house. Um, and, you know, particularly during the pandemic and stuff, we've been doing escape rooms and um, actually murder mysteries. There's a really cool company called Hunter Killer um, that uh, do a subscription-based murder mystery story spread out over several weeks. And I wouldn't recommend it to people in the UK because it's hideously expensive. So if you imagine that uh, every box you get sent, you've got like import duty and stuff to pay on it. I didn't realise this at the time, but after I'd, done the first couple of boxes I, well, i've got to finish it now haven't i so it ended up costing like 180 quid or something so yeah wouldn't recommend it but they do do like um sort of one-off boxes that you can order via amazon us using their global shipping thing and that's much more you know rather than having an episodic murder mystery you get it's all packaged into one box and so you just pay one fee and it's, it's much more reasonable but um yeah, we, we, we like the sort of tabletop, um, social, physical 
you know, with, with game, we we, we do hmm. console games. You know, we're, we're right into Jackbox games as well with on, on consoles and whatever. But you know, it's, it's nice to just get everyone sat around the dining table and, and playing a game, except for word games, which I'm not allowed to play because I I spent an awful lot of time in my youth being looked after by my grandmother who uh watched countdown every day so i was born i was raised on uh on countdown and so i have a just a bizarre ability to rearrange letters into into long words and that obviously enables me to be very good Hmm. at uh at scrabble so the the reason i brought it up is just because i'm i'm playing nick on the discord um at uh, words with friends just because i mentioned that i can't remember how it came into the conversation but i just told this story about how i'm not allowed to play word games because no one likes it um and um he was like oh, well i'll play i'll play you and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, i'm playing words with friends with uh, with nick has he managed to beat you yet no of course he hasn't come on nick not not even close <laughs> sorry nick <laughs> He'll love that mention anyway. That's better than any winner at Words with Friends. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, no, while other kids were out doing cool stuff, yeah. I, was, uh, I was either watching Countdown with my nan or I was playing on my Atari ST. So yeah, that's very sad, isn't it? Raised on Countdown, that's 100% going to be the, um, yeah, yeah, the show title today. <laughs> yeah, so if anyone wants a whip-in at, uh, at Scrabble, come find me on Words with Friends. Absolutely. What what a way to finish off the podcast. <laughs> Perhaps next week, next time we'll have some Apple news to talk about. But I've enjoyed this. We, we've we've been through all sorts of stuff here. Um, there's lots of things we haven't spoken about, and I think we should leave it as a cliffhanger for the next episode because there are some very interesting things we can move move across to the next the next episode. I think. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm now tempted to fire up a game of Words with Friends with you, but um, tempted yeah, and slightly it. scared. Yeah, bring it on. I might do it. Might give it a go. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, Rob. (laughs) See ya.